With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now, when we start in the host chair, as usual, for a Tuesday, Stephen on the board. A good show lined up. Going to start with um, an event coming up this weekend. Chris Diaz is here to talk about the Gourmet Arts Festival. Now, Chris, we've talked before about art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A Gourmet Arts Festival, is that where people, like, make paintings out of toast? That's a really great idea. We should have considered that. <laughs> Some type of food art thing. Yeah. But oh. maybe, maybe maybe next year we'll get the chefs together and have, yeah. a, have a visual feast. But, uh, yeah. you know, Gourmet Arts is more about uh, the, the artistry. And the art, the artisan, the term is artisan. So we see mm-hmm. people who are independent businessmen making, uh, you know, food and, and, and food related merchandise. And so the Gourmet Arts Festival is meant to celebrate that. Yeah. So now when is it on? Just so that people know that to start with. Uh, it is this weekend. It is Friday, Oof. Saturday, Sunday, June 10th to 12th. Uh, Fridays for, is, I think it's, uh, one to eight. And then, uh, Saturday it's 10 to six. And then Sunday is 10 to four. Okay. Now, during the summer, we have had sort of arts festivals, if you will, in the past, mm-hmm. and they have always been in the Studio 2880 area. Yeah. I'm thinking this sounds like it might be a little bit too big for that area. Oh, no. Like I said, it reminds me, uh, we've had uh, kind of food-related events in here before. Mm-hmm. We had Northern Taste many years back, yes. kind of the you know, the prequel to uh, Northern FanCon. And this one is related to the Chili Cook-Off, which happens around this oh. time every year. Yeah. And um, it, uh, we've now shifted locations to CN Center because, uh, and it's going to keep on growing because we have so many people who, mm-hmm. uh, who are just incapable of coming up to the event this year because we're just coming out of the pandemic, so staffing yeah. is has been an issue, and uh, so we're sizing up the next year to be even bigger. But this year we're we're at CN Center and we're in the outside uh, parking lot as well. That's what I was about to ask. Was so you're in CN Center for some of the stuff yeah. and in the parking lot. Like, okay, on the Saturday, which I think is when the great chili cook-off is, Mm -hmm. that I'm hoping is one of the ones that's outside. Yes. Good. Because I always used to – it was so much fun just walking along the lawn at the uh, art center, and I didn't usually taste them. But just looking at all the different chilies that were out on display and being outside was nice. No. Who goes to a chili cook-off and doesn't taste the chili? Somebody who has a lot of trouble with spicy food. Oh, they're not that <laughs> spicy. No, and I, I okay. challenge someone to actually bring a, 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 a authentically spicy chili to a chili cook-off. Yeah. Yeah. When, okay, if they weren't spicy, why did the Get one... Get heartburn medication. Why did the one guy have a fire extinguisher and a fire hose uh, behind his thing? I, I've, never been, the, I've never been challenged by the heat of the chili cook-off. Okay. We have about 10 to 11 teams. Wow. Um, I th- about about that. I think uh, we've got Commodities Club, uh, Benefits Life, PGE, Public Library, Sand Center, Trench Brewery. Um, have a bunch. Big question: Are the MP or the MLAs involved again? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, so somebody else has a chance to win. <laughs> well, I think Remax has two teams, so I think they're going to be competing Ooh. with each other. Uh, but yes, yeah, there's is yeah, there's there's quite a bit there. So, and so, you, you, all you do, but you buy a bowl and the, yeah, you get to keep yeah. the bowl, and I can I can mark my previous. Because I have like three bowls, so oh. I've gone to you know, many previous events. And the bowls, I think, are local from the Potter's Guild. Exactly. They're the ones that help put it on. Oh, yeah. So that is the Saturday kind of, I guess, main event, if yeah. you will. Yeah. 
What's the main event on Friday? Well, Friday is a is a kind of a, a tribute to uh, first responders we have um, and the, and the healthcare communities. So we're having this kind of. Uh, uh, it's it's somewhat of a, a of a community appreciation barbecue. Okay, so that's what people have access. You know, we'll, we'll be able to come to and, and enjoy that food. Okay, yeah. now that again, I'm kind of guessing is going to be outside. Yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking a barbecue inside. Yes, I know CN Center is big, but still, <laughs> I'm sure they have good ventilation. But, but fire, fire marshals may have an issue with yes. open flame inside. But yes, yeah. especially one big enough for a community barbecue. Yeah, exactly. Friday, Saturday. So that would leave us then Sunday. Is there a special event scheduled for Sunday? Oh, let me tell Uh-oh. you. Uh, so Sunday is something that, yeah. yeah so Saturday doesn't need much. The chili cook-off oh. brings, brings the peeps. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on Sunday is when I, th- I, th- I think when I'm, I'm pulling out a lot of the stops for that one. And uh, we've got something called the Top Taste Tournament. Uh, for the whole weekend, we have food trucks. We have about anywhere from five plus food trucks. Wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't say food trucks. It's like food trucks and tables and, and trailers and so yeah. forth. And uh, on Sunday, they're going to, a, a, a large majority of them are going to go head to head against each other in a uh, tournament where they all have to make a dish based off a secret ingredient, kind of like Iron Chef. Okay. But instead of being inside a stadium, it's all the food trucks fighting each other. The secret ingredient is bacon because. Bacon. Bacon. Oh, yeah. That's the reason it's, it's got to be bacon. So the first one's going to be bacon. Hopefully none of them are listening and heard what the secret ingredient was. Oh, it's not, <laughs> not, it's not much of a secret ingredient, really. We'll, they'll, they'll be known ahead of time that it, it is yeah. bacon. Uh, Birch and Boar, who's uh, our gold oh. sponsor, they're supplying the bacon. So it's oh, all locally yes. all locally made bacon. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they've been really super. They're providing a lot of the uh, facilities and, and like the ingredients and all mm-hmm. that and helping us uh, facilitate the whole thing. And so the food trucks will be going at it. And I know we have... Um, my Goose Bistro, uh, Baller Food, uh, Piper Snack Shack, I do believe is coming down, Casina. So, uh, and we're hoping, I'm hoping to snag a, a dessert, uh, trailer as well. So there's some variety. Mm, yeah. And then on top of all that, we've got a junk in the trunk and a car show. Whoa. So the, the, the junk of the trunk is Saturday. Okay. And then on Sunday, we have a car show, uh, Prince George Imports and Domestics. Um, so it's, if, you ha- if you have a car that you really like that's 1980 or newer, then come mm-hmm. down and then you can have your car on display. And there's going to be trophies. We actually have trophies. There's a big cup for the Top Taste Tournament. I wanted, I, I wanted an intentionally tall and gaudy cup, something that you <laughs> that, that would, that would, you'd have to put on your trailer shelf somewhere to indicate that you've won uh, this competition. And we're also doing a farmer's market. Now, we already have vendors for the entire weekend, but on Sunday specifically, a lot of the vendors from the local farmer's market are going to come out as well. So it's going to seem like a much larger event on, on Sunday. Yeah, because most of the, the farmer's markets in town are Saturday events for the exactly. most part. So yeah. Sunday just gives them a chance to do the full yeah. weekend. So it'll be a mix of, of food trucks, uh, cool cars, and then farmer's market. So it's just, it's just a, it's a triple wow. header. Now, how long has this been in the planning stages? Because, like, was this something where COVID hit and people were going, well, I'd like to be able to do something like this, but we can't because of COVID. But let's start planning for when it happens. Well, I was brought on to the project. Lisa Redpath is, uh, you know, is, is, is mm. you know, the chief cook and yeah. bottle washer. And mm-hmm. um, for I, I was brought on uh, a few months ago to, to, to help them out, and um, you know, she, like she's the brains of the operation. I'm more like a, a physical organ. I'm like the appendix of the operation. Oh, okay. uh, so I, I try to help the best I can. But I know they started off probably because um, you know we're coming out of the pandemic, and in last year we had uh, uh, Studio Fair. Yeah, Studio Fair was 
hugely successful. I mean, we, we, we canceled Studio Fair. They canceled Studio Fair the previous year. But the first Studio Fair coming out of the pandemic last year exploded. It was way busier, busier yeah. than anyone had expected. It was just packed. And so there was, the desire came to make a secondary event in the summer so you can have it out part of it outside mm-hmm. and focus on food because food vendors do <laughs> so well at Studio Fair. So this is something specialized on uh, on just that. So it's not just food. It's food-related. So, like, you know, wood products and pots and, and pottery guild, mm-hmm. once again, is represented. So it's it's food and everything relating to food. So let's see. So Lisa from Studio 2080 is involved, Community Arts Council. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing it in the summer. We want it to involve food. I, I suspect it wasn't a hard jump to say, let's have the great chili cook-off during this thing. Well, it seemed made sense to co- to to kind of merge multiple yeah. events together. Uh, we were even thinking that maybe in the future that we may merge with RibFest if, if RibFest comes back. Um, I helped with, with RibFest several years ago, and that was uh, really popular. And so hoping that we can perhaps create a, a relationship in, in that capacity. But uh, I, I love events like these. I mean, oh. I miss Northern Taste when we had it because we had the Iron Ore Chef Challenge mm-hmm. where we had local restaurants fight each other. That was super fun. And so I wanted to create something that was uh, kind of a spiritual successor to that. And the food trucks are, you know, they were struggling. And so mm-hmm. I want to celebrate food trucks because they, they had a tough time over the last two years. Yes. Uh, a few of them didn't survive the pandemic, but there's a few others that are uh, that are opening. Uh, a couple of friends of mine yeah. are actually opening up food trucks. So this is the opportunity to, to celebrate this new growing um, you know, style of, of food. And, and Prince George has not been kind of something that was receptive to food trucks, but now we're seeing them really blow up. Yeah. Now, and for the uh, taste tournament... The secret ingredient, which will go unnamed because it's a secret, secret yeah. is one of those ones that goes with almost any meal. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm hoping that the, the one of the dessert trailer, if we get a dessert trailer, will oh. take up with the challenge to do a bacon themed dessert. I mean, <laughs> well, you, why not? A little like, okay. like, like sprinkled bacon on some ice cream. I mean, they're, depending on on you know, there's some, there, there are definitely options there yes. for me. I'm looking forward to that. And so and so, uh, it's not a judged event. Like we don't have oh. like four people doing the judging like Northern Day. So if you yeah. want to be involved, you come down, you pay like ten bucks, you get tickets, and you get to sample. The dishes from every single competing food truck. Okay. And so, and then you get a marble, you drop the marble in the bucket of the one you want. Whoever has the most buckets gets the trophy. So it's almost being judged, if you will, the same way as the chili cook off. Yeah. Where it's the people's choice, basically. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, chili cook-off, you spend $25 to get a bowl, yeah. you, you, you get as much chili as you can, as you can handle. <laughs> Top taste tournament, you're seeing something very unique. So, you know, you don't know what they're going to be doing. Are they going to make a salad? Or are they going to do or bacon wrap something? It's going to be bacon wrapped. Something oh, bacon wrapped. It's, you know so. it's going to, yes. you know. Bacon wrapped around bacon. Oh, bacon wrapped bacon. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's crazy talk. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. What would you do? What would you do if you had if you had to make something with bacon? You could do anything you want. Well, I'm not much of a chef. I I I might even just stick with like you know bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs. Yeah. Not not, not much of a portable meal though. Though. Yeah. (laughs) How normal. Thank you. I don't hear that very often. Grumble, grumble in the corner. Yeah, I don't hear that very often. Normal. Normal. Applied to me. I don't know why. Yeah. So now, now I guess let's get down to the nitty gritty here for Mm. people who want to come. To the premier gourmet arts festival this weekend. How much is it going to cost you to take part? 
Oh, it's 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 super expensive. It's all you need to do is 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 come and have an appetite, and the cost is is your enjoyment, oh. and and so forth. We're not, you know, it, it, you come down. It's free. There's mm-hmm. a donation, obviously. It's, yeah. Donations are appreciated because that does does help. But uh, you're not required to spend any money. Okay. I mean, we hope you spend some money well, yeah. because a lot of vendors would like you to have money, but you don't have to, you know. No. You don't have to cross my palm with silver. You, you you can come down and just enjoy the festivities, enjoy the cars, take in some food trucks. and so If forth. they want to take part in the chili cook-off, obviously, they got to yeah. have some money. Chili cook-off and the Top Taste Tournament are, are oh. charged events. So it's okay. $10 for the Top Taste Tournament right. and $25 if you want to get a bowl for the chili cook-off, but you get keep the bowl. Yes. Um, but if, beyond that, it's free to enter. Wow. Now, what is taking place inside then is that where most of the vendors are going to be yeah the concourse around the CN Center is where a lot okay. of the vendors are some of them will be outside yeah. and the farmer's market is going to be outside as well but yeah. if you want to have uh, a table for the whole weekend then you can be in the, inside the cover of the concourse of the CN Center and there's a bunch of vendors that will be there as well including some alcohol vendors uh, present mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll be able to uh, <clears throat> cover the uh, the spectrum of yeah. anything you might want, whether it be food, food preparation, uh, or inebriation, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Yeah, yeah, try not to go to the uh, liquor dispensers, if you will, before you try doing the taste testing stuff. It may throw you off a bit. Well, it, 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 well, it depends. You know, maybe it's a food pairing. Maybe you think it's mm. going to be better. I mean, it's, it's one of the situations where it may be dangerous mm. to have a chili cook-off and an alcohol vendor in the same location. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. So now you were saying in the concourse, so there won't be anything actually on the floor at CN Center? Not this year. Not it's this. all up on the concourse. It'll be up on the concourse, so, you know, Easy we want to, yep. exactly, move in and out of outside the inside. Yep. You move inside, and there's the concourse. You step outside, and there's the food trucks, all the tables, and music. Yep. We have music the whole weekend as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the other nice thing, then, about being on the concourse and outside, all totally accessible. Exactly. No, no stairs to worry about. No, how do I get? Where's the elevator? I want to exactly. Get the when you have the no. meat sweats and you have a little, and you have you know you've eaten too much chili and you're a little bit uh, you know um, gassy, you don't have to walk around and and walk up and down stairs to, no. to strain yourself. You just have to stumble. There are plenty of washroom facilities on the concourse at CN Center. Yes, there are. Although now that we've brought up this point, I, th- I think. Caution should be advised. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just be wary. Maybe more so on the uh, Saturday. Oh with yeah, the chili cook-off, the barbecue on Friday shouldn't be that much of a problem. The top taste tournament on Sunday shouldn't be that much of a problem. But have you guys thought about maybe even hiring some almost like security people? <laughs> When somebody comes out of one of the washrooms after going in there during the chili cook-off, take a quick whiff and then, if necessary, put up a sign saying "closed until further notice." Yeah, but the issue is, I don't think we, I don't think there's a security guard that would be paid enough to yeah. do that. I mean, it's one of those situations where, it's like, I, I honestly would rather. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> do anything else. I'd rather chase down a shoplifter than stand guard outside of a bathroom. I mean, that's, yes, it's an explosive situation, especially if you know there's a chili cook-off going on. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So, Chris, if people want more information about this, yep, we can go to bcgourmet.ca, www.bcgourmet.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we've been posting a lot of it, so you can see information on this. Uh, you know, on on hell yeah, we've been being, you know, there's a blog that I write that uh, also allows you to you can get keep up with uh, the current events. Yeah. Like we're down to probably last three or four days until yes. the, the events begin. So, yeah, some of the uh, food truck people are probably going. 
Oh, yeah. I should probably start thinking about something for that. <laughs> I've been having conversations with a few of them. And so I've, you know, although the secret ingredient is not so much of a secret, what they're prepping is. So, so oh, yeah. I've been sworn to secrecy, so I can't say no. what, uh, because White Goose, I know what White Goose is doing, so I'm not allowed to say. No. But I'm looking forward to trying it. So when this goes next year, though, the secret ingredient will be secret? Well, no, we, 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 we want to give them enough time, yeah. advance notice. It's not like the, uh, the Northern Taste where they have access to all the facilities. They're yeah. in a situation where they're running a business and they have to make yeah. this, so it's, it's important that they have some time to make it. Yeah. Uh, although, I'm, I'm, I don't know what, what our ingredient would be next time. Like bacon is kind of a, kind of a big one. Yeah. I wonder what our next ingredient, what, what do you think our next ingredient should be? I'm not sure. Yeah. Sure, throw throw the tough questions at me right <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> Chris Diaz from the Gourmet Arts Festival coming up this weekend over at CN Center and Environs. I've always wanted to use that word. Was it? Environs. Environs. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much for coming in and bringing Thank us to what's happening. Take a quick break and we'll be back to talk the exploration place after nine. Hi, I'm Matt Kaplan, Planetary Radio's host and producer. Bill Nye and the rest of us at the Planetary Society are thrilled to be on CFIS. We hope you'll join us as we travel the solar system and beyond. You'll hear the explorers, scientists, and creative minds that are taking humanity beyond our lovely homeworld as they look for life and intelligence elsewhere in the cosmos. Tune in for Planetary Radio at its new time, Wednesday nights at 9, here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. If you're an internationally trained professional who wants to settle back into your field in Canada, PICS offers a Foreign Credential Recognition Loans Program. Funded by the federal government, Canadian citizens, PR holders, and refugees with a work permit can avail of this service and get financial assistance for up to $15,000. It's the support you need to get back into your professional sector. For more information, visit the website fcrloans.ca or call MENA at 604-596-7722, extension 404. Are you or your team struggling to grow your sales? Hi, it's Norm Adams here from Pivot Leader in Prince George. Sales can be an easy, low-paying job or it can be the most challenging, rewarding, and high-paying profession. Really, it's up to you. At Pivot Leader, we work with sales professionals who are committed to developing their skills. After only eight months of workshops and coaching, our students have increased sales by 40% or more. If you'd like some help getting your team to the next level, get in touch today. Email me, norm, at pivotleader.com or visit our website, pivotleader.com. Forecast from Environment Canada. Mainly sunny today. Winds from the east at 20 in the afternoon. A high of 21 with a high UV index. Tonight, increasing cloudiness. A few showers beginning near midnight. East winds becoming light this evening, a low of 9. For Wednesday, a few showers ending near noon. Then a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of showers. And the risk of a thunderstorm late in the afternoon, a high of 18. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. And I've got two for the price of one, shall we say, when my next, for my next guest, we're going to be talking about the exploration place and what's happening out there. And Tracy Calageros, the CEO, and Alyssa Lear, the curator, have joined me. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it opens tomorrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me come across this desk at you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Alyssa was just going, yeah, I can just get out of the way. And like, <laughs> no, no, we're not opening soon. No, we're know. opening sometime, but yes. not tomorrow, that's for sure. Now, as I understand, because I was out there last week for the announcement of the new funding, 
And <laughs> that new funding is sort of one of the reasons why the opening date got pushed back. Now, how did that come about? Did you suddenly... Did um, Minister Sejan? Sejan, yeah. Sejan walk in and say, yeah, I've got some more money for you. You're kind of going, oh, we can bring out this, this, and this. Essentially, that okay. is what happened. We uh, we closed down for COVID, not for a renovation. No. So we've we d- done this backwards, as I've been saying all along. <laughs> we're building the plane while we're flying it. And so we've been putting out grant applications like crazy over mm. the last couple of years. This particular piece of funding, 750000 from Pacifican, only just came through in the last month. And then the <laughs> announcement was yesterday. Yeah. So we did know a little bit in advance, and we managed to get some trades lined up to do things like our new roof, which which wasn't part of the the scope of the original project because it was unfunded. There was a bunch of exterior work. We also were able to implement a number of new purchases in our HVAC system. So we've got um, UV filtration on our air handling Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And then we've bought some really cool interior fixtures. So the the new mammoth sculpture. And what are the other sculptures? Yeah, we we have the new mammoth, which we've done some research on. And they were around Prince George about 33,000 years ago. So that's exciting. But they're not here now. Not here now. (laughs) That we know of. Okay. Uh, And then we have the Sisyphus tables that are going to be a centerpiece in the Gaia Gallery. So there's some really cool sculpture work that's going to take place inside the galleries as well. So some really neat additions. (laughs) So this money shows up. And Teresa comes to you, Alyssa, and she says, oh, look, you've got more stuff to learn, to get trained up on as security. Well, I never have problems spending the money. No. <laughs> Tracy then, has to hold me back a little bit, actually. Well, not the truth. You had a list when that money I showed did. Up. Yeah. I did. I was ready. But it absolutely did impact our ability to meet that June deadline. Yeah. And it, it just didn't make sense not to take new money that was coming into town. Nah, so. don't, don't give us the money. We can, we can do without it. Absolutely. So we decided, and, yep, we'll just extend it a little bit. And really, you know, two years from now, no one's going to care if we opened in May or September. No, yeah. everyone's disappointed that we're not opening, including the staff. But mm. I think it'll be worth it once we wait a little bit longer and we have these great new additions in the galleries to share with the public. So from what you're saying then... All the things that the $750,000 is going to cover are things that were in the plans, just not in the plans for right now. Yeah, the way we decided to go about the project when we first talked about it with the board and the management team was that we weren't going to go into debt. And so that meant Mm -hmm. that we couldn't start doing work until the money arrived. And anyone who's ever written government grants, particularly federal ones, Mm -hmm. you know how long that lead time is. So we were planning and doing the work to get ready for it, but we were waiting a year, year and a half to get a no. And we got several no's in the process. We cobbled together enough funds to move forward with the project in the original iteration, Mm -hmm. but when this 750 showed up, it took the project to the full two million, and it allows us to complete all of the work that we were hoping to do while we were closed. I think we all had lists of essentials that we needed to get the work done, but then we had a huge list of wish list items. Well, I did anyway. So you yeah. always got a wish list. <laughs> it's very yeah. true. It's the thing about you yeah. curatorial types. <laughs> yeah, not that you would speak from knowledge of that or anything. <laughs> uh, you know, I've had a few years on this uh, big yes. chair. <laughs> so, with the new items coming up for you, Alyssa. Was was there any of this where you had to suddenly go, oh, good, I can get that? Where am I going to put it? 
Well, that's always an issue in a museum. We always wish that we were larger than what we are. But, oh boy. That's but part of the wish list. yes, it always <laughs> is. But we had plans in place that if we got additional funds, there were spaces within the exhibits that we could place additional items. So we are really exciting, excited. Some of the work we were going to do ourselves, and now we've been able to hire help to do. So we're getting some really cool sculptural work done in our Link Gallery, which is where the mammoth is the centerpiece of. Um, and we're getting someone from Vancouver to do some really cool rock and geology sculptural work. So we're really excited about that. Wow. It's going to look great. So instead of having your staff hanging from the ceiling to get something in place, you've actually got trained people. Yes. Well, we, we manage. We always yeah. do. And it would have looked great. But uh, Trent from Wavestone Sculptures, he's amazing. So we're just really excited that we get to showcase his artwork. Yeah. And I guess the other thing is with your staff not having to do it, they can be working on other things while the professionals, if you will, are doing their piece. Yeah, so it frees our curatorial staff up a little bit to do future exhibit planning. So mm-hmm. we always like to put a lot of research into exhibits. So now we can start on other ones rather than the ones that we're going to be opening with. <laughs> uh, with our new Mosaic Gallery, we really want to focus on um, different communities in Prince George and how they played into the settlement, post-contact mm-hmm. settlement of Prince George. So we're able to focus on other research that we haven't been able to do in the past. So has this future exhibit planning been going on since day one? It has. Uh, We're always doing exhibit (laughs) research. And, of course, our regular jobs never quit. So we're always doing this on the side of our desk. So So we get a lot of research requests from the community looking for information on Mm -hmm. the history of the town, the history of the regional district. So we're doing that all the time and also trying to do research for exhibits. And trying to keep in touch with other museums across the country to see what they've got as exhibits that might work out here. Exactly, yeah. So we have some really cool uh, traveling exhibits that we're going to be showcasing as well once we open. Mm. Uh, We have an exciting announcement coming up because we plan to do the Witness Blanket, and that was going to be opening in June. So stay tuned for news there. I can't share it quite yet. But when we open in September, we're going to have a really neat uh, exhibit from the Museum of Surrey called Bees, which will be great to show the public as well. Okay, now can you tell us this much? Bees, is that like B-E-E-S? Yeah, okay. like bumblebees. So okay. the importance of bees in our natural environment. And of course that all relates to climate change and everyone is really focusing on the importance of bees right now and what we can do to assist them. So this exhibit will focus on that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Be back to talk some more with Alyssa and Tracy about Exploration Place after 9. Oceanwide Shoreline Cleanup's 2021 Dirty Dozen list is out. The list identifies the 12 most found littered items on Canada's freshwater and marine shorelines. This information helps raise awareness among governments, researchers, and the public about the types of litter ending up on our shorelines and identifies the need to develop community solutions to minimize their impact. Click on the annual data link under data at shorelinecleanup.org to check out the 2021 Dirty Dozen and get ready to take part in this year's nationwide shoreline cleanup. If you're interested in taking an evening life drawing class, you're in luck. Participate in two hours of life drawing on Tuesday nights at Two Rivers Gallery. 
bring your favorite art materials and draw from an unclothed model. This group is for amateur and experienced artists, and all skill levels are welcome. Drop-in fee is just $18, open to everyone 18 and older. Full details are available through the gallery. Self-directed life drawings, 7 o'clock Tuesday nights at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. The BC Summer Games are July 21st to 24th in Prince George, and close to 3,000 volunteers are needed as we host athletes from across the province. To volunteer, you must be at least 14 years old and complete a criminal records check. There are many different positions available, several needed as soon as possible, requiring a variety of skills and or physical strength. Registration and more details are available at bcgames.org slash volunteers. The BC Summer Games, July 21st to 24th. Let's help Prince George shine again. Two Rivers Gallery is gearing up to welcome budding young artists to this year's summer camps. Camps will introduce children to painting, puppets, new media, and more. They always fill up fast, so book your child's spot soon at Two Rivers Gallery. The week-long camps for ages 6 to 13 are starting July 18th through the end of August. Creativity Camps for Kids on for July and August at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Tracy and Alyssa from the Exploration Place. So the opening has been pushed back, and I'm not going to try to get a date out of you because I know you don't have one. We're both married anyway. Okay. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) (laughs) But are are there parts of the Exploration Place that will be opening before the big opening. Not our core building, but we are opening on June 18th, the Little Prince. Okay. As well as Jenny is working through putting in an ice cream service into the train station. So it will be a a preview of the Origins Kitchen. Okay. And I know just from talking to her yesterday in there, her intention is to have, we're doing soft serve. So we'll have Mm -hmm. milkshakes, we'll have sundaes, and we'll have ice cream cones, as well as a variety of other make and take type stuff you can grab and go. But um, that will be opening right away. And then as Alyssa alluded to, our incoming exhibit, Witness Blanket, which is an incredibly beautiful and important exhibit, is Mm -hmm. going to find another home here in town. That will be opening likely on the 20th or the 22nd of June, but we haven't confirmed the final details on it yet we're just this is a a lot of moving parts so Alyssa will be back to you with the information (laughs) on the witness blanket so those will be your key pieces that will open and then we're also doing a a whack of programming in our explorers urban garden reaps is out there and so they'll be doing a bunch of programming and we also will be offering some gen action programming out there which is a national program that we're a part of looking to do climate change education in youth that would inspire them to take action so you're basically saying, okay, we finished this room, let's put 14, 14 programs into it so we can start using it right away, and then we'll go on to the next room. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works in the nonprofit world. I mean, we're not a part of the city or a part of the regional district. Yeah. We need to be out there. We, we've been programming all the way through the closure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we saw over 60,000 people come through our pop-up shop in the mall. Yes. So we've definitely had a presence. Mm. But at this point, we need to really focus on the park and on our main building so that we can get reopened. And then we've got all these new spaces that we need to learn how to animate and figure mm-hmm. out how the community is going to use them. Now, over the past two years, have you like you're, you're talking about some major exhibits and stuff like that that you've either got planned for right now or you're looking at down the road. 
have you been adding more museum pieces over the last two years as well, like more actual permanent exhibits, just parts of your permanent displays? Are you talking about receiving new donations into the collection or actual? Yes. Oh, there you yeah. go. We have been receiving donations from the community for the entire two-year duration that we've been closed. So that means that our curatorial professional staff are accessioning those items and adding them to the online database, which is viewable to the public. Mm-hmm. So anytime at home, you can search our collection on the computer at theexplorationplace.com. Um, so our curatorial team has continued to do the conservation work uh, like they always have mm-hmm. throughout the closure. And we've also been installing new permanent galleries. So they're going to be all new permanent exhibits when we open up. So every wall has basically been removed and replaced and new exhibits are filling the entire building. Okay. <laughs> so li- quite literally, this is not the same old museum. No, no. When people walk in, it's going to be a shock. Everything is completely different, so it's really exciting. I got that impression last week, as I say, when I was there for the uh, press announcement, just walking in because I had heard about the bio wall. The living wall, our aquaponics wall. I had heard about that. I'd seen some pictures of it, but to actually see it, uh, yeah, it's impressive. It's very impressive, and I mean, that's thanks to our VP of Facilities, John, and our assistant curator, Chad, who specializes in botany. So together, Mm -hmm. the two of them have created this wall from scratch, and it's extremely impressive. Now, is this this the type of project that anybody else in Canada, North America has, that you were able to go to them for help, or is this... (laughs) Fairly new. It's entirely new to us. We yeah. there have been some living walls. There was a, a notable one in town in the RCMP building when it first opened mm. up, but okay. it didn't survive very long. So there were a lot of lessons learned there, and we did mm-hmm. talk to the city staff that had cared for it. But we were getting quotes in the range of four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for someone to build this wall for us, which obviously was never <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. So our VP facilities just said, well, it's not that complicated. It's a pump and some water and some fish. So (laughs) he sat down and played with it and developed a a trial wall. And because we were closed, he was able to set a system Mm -hmm. up where he could try it for six months and see how it would work. And he's now extrapolated that out Mm -hmm. and built the full thing. And Chad, our assistant curator, Botany, he's been playing around with which plants will survive the best in which of the various environments – Our aquaponics wall, they're a self-contained unit. So each panel, the fish that are in the tank at the base, their poop is what feeds the plants. And the plants, by eating their poop, is cleaning their water. So that's the full (laughs) filtration system. Yeah. So it took a bit of time to figure out how many fish for how many plants and which plants (laughs) on which wall. It's been a real trial and error. But we've now got the system sorted we're actually getting some interest from other organizations, not in town, but across the country, other museum organizations that are interested in purchasing the system from us. So we're hopeful that what took us about, I don't know, about $60,000 in capital expense, including the lift to service it, um, will turn into a potentially a marketable piece for the museum. And I'd be very interested to know if there's another living wall that exists like that that has axolotls in the base. Good point. Axolotls. Axolotls. You can't go wrong with an axolotl. Especially on a spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a tough one to spell. It is. A X O L O T L. Oh, look at you go! Come on. <laughs> I do crossword puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> so you did the test wall for six months. Yeah. 
And when the museum had not been flooded, you said, okay, it looks like it might work? Yeah, we felt pretty good about it then. <laughs> yeah. The animals are happy. The plants are happy. It's a win. Yep. Yes. So, big question that is probably on the mind of everybody out there listening. Champ. Ah, yes. Well, Champ and the new Champ will both right. be on exhibit. The um, old Champ is not in a condition that he can be ridden no. or it's just going to fall to bits. But we have created a permanent exhibit space for him, so he will be on exhibit all the time. And we also have the new version of Champ, which is this exact same era, but we had a, a refurbished one mm. made up just before the world shut down for <laughs> the yes. pandemic. So that, too, will be available for riding and for people to take pictures with. So the old champ is sort of like um, Roy Rogers' horse. Yeah, he'll be a permanent exhibit feature. Maybe on very special occasions we'll take him out and allow a few rides to take place. Mm -hmm. But permanently we'll have the refurbished version that people can plunk a, I don't know, is it a dime or a quarter? It's a quarter now. We couldn't get a coin box that would do a dime. Yeah, so. But we'll we'll put the quarter box in there and you can ride them all you want. Okay. (laughs) Now... Is that available for the middle of June? It is not at the okay. moment. And in fact, I, I hadn't just, really thought about maybe making him available. But there might be a possibility that we could do something with him. reason I'm asking is because in early July, my nephew and his wife and their four little guys are coming out from Alberta. I had already t- I hadn't told them. But we've already decided they are going to be going over to the Little Prince one day when it's hopefully Perfect. not pouring rain. And you guys talking about Champ. And I was thinking, well, that would be kind of neat if they could also go for the ride on Champ at the same time. Well, maybe not at the same time because Champ won't be on the Little Prince. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that could be interesting. <laughs> I'll have to ponder that. Honestly, I hadn't really thought about it either. So it's a good idea. It oh, is boy. a good idea. <laughs> Great. More work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, in that case, I think I better let you guys get back to it. Alyssa Lear, Tracy Calajaros from the Exploration Place. Thank you very much for coming in and bringing us up to date. And I suspect sometime early fall, maybe having you guys back in again to bring us up to date on exactly what's going to be happening for the big blowout. You got it. Definitely. Okay. Take another quick break and be back with more after nine. BC Schizophrenia Society's annual general meeting is Saturday, October 15th. Save the date and take part to support the organization and its efforts to improve education and understanding of schizophrenia and psychosis across the province. Find out more about the Society's board through the board and staff link under About Us or become a member through the Make a Difference menu at bcss.org. The BC Schizophrenia Society AGM, Saturday, October 15th. A reason to hope, the means to cope. Financial reports are much more than compliance. They are critical for making strategic decisions about your nonprofit organization and its programs. Vantage Point's three-hour virtual sessions, Strategic Financial Governance, explores frameworks, tools, and indicators to assess performance, consider alternatives, and make good governance decisions. Registration costs and full details are available through the calendar link under training at vantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point's Strategic Financial Governance, Thursday, July 7th from 9.30 to noon 
June through the vantagepoint.ca. This Tuesday, the BC Schizophrenia Society will be posting their final Tuesday trivia question on social media. Answer the question and be entered into a draw for sweet BCSS swag items. By taking part, you'll also be entered into a draw for a $50 Amazon gift card. It's your final chance to win. Follow BCSS on social media to play. Trivia Tuesday, one final time, this Tuesday from the BC Schizophrenia Society. A reason to hope, the means to cope. Forecast from Environment Canada. Mainly sunny today, winds from the east at 20 in the afternoon, a high of 21 with a high UV index. Tonight, increasing cloudiness, a few showers beginning near midnight, east winds becoming light this evening, a low of 9. For Wednesday, a few showers ending near noon, then a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of showers, and the risk of a thunderstorm late in the afternoon, a high of 18. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And on the phone now with Rachel Zapp, who is the manager of signature programs for the Canadian Cancer Society, with I'm guessing a special interest, especially at this time of year, in uh, Relay for Life. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. So the Relay for Life locally is this Saturday. Now, it's a six-hour event. Are most of the relays in the province across the country being cut back to that sort of length? Yeah, so this year we're moving forward. Uh, most of our events are having a four to six hour event. Um, just in light of the pandemic, we've had to make some changes uh, to our Relay for Life event this year. It's our first year back in person after two years of being virtual with the pandemic. Uh, so we're, we're just excited to be back in the community this year. So is the plan for all of the events to just be cut back this year and with any luck next year, everything will be back to the regular 24 hours? Great question. So, uh, believe it or not, Prince George is actually one of the uh, only communities across Canada who have typically had a 24-hour yeah. Relay for Life experience. Uh, most of our other events across the country range from 4, 6, to 12-hour events. Wimps. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's a great question, though. So, I know that we are hoping to bring back Relay for Life to what it was pre-pandemic. Uh, it will ultimately depend on how we are able to recruit uh, volunteers in the you know coming months mm. for next year's events. Um, that was one of the reasons that we had to cut back to a six-hour event in Prince George specifically. Uh, unfortunately, we've been struggling with volunteer recruitment this year. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing that's probably something right across the country, though, because nobody necessarily wants to book aside a day to be the volunteer at this event when COVID regulations might come back in and there may not be an event. Yeah, it's been definitely challenging, uh, not just for Relay for Life, but with some of our other events and programs mm-hmm. uh, across the organization. Uh, the pandemic has definitely added extra challenges, and, you know, some people just aren't ready to come back and celebrate in person. Um, but for those who are, we're really excited to come together on Saturday, June 11th. Now, is there a provision being made for people to participate virtually like there was the last couple of years? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, you can register uh, if you visit RelayForLife.ca. Uh, so if you're not comfortable or willing to come out uh, and join us at Eiffel Lex de Bois on Saturday, June 11th in Prince George, then you can register online uh, either for the Prince George event. So you can go RelayForLife.ca forward slash Prince George. Mm-hmm. Or you could also look for our Relay Your Way. Uh, so if you'd prefer to do a little walk or run in your local neighborhood instead and not come to the event, uh, that's definitely a possibility as well. And you can still register 
our uh, participant or team page and raise funds for the Canadian Cancer Society. Now, do you know, are the, even though it's only a six-hour event this year in Prince George, do you know if yeah. they have any special events planned for during those six hours? Yeah, so uh, our small yet mighty team of volunteers have been busy mm-hmm. putting together a meaningful event schedule. Uh, so it will still include all the components we know and love at Relay for Life. Uh, so we'll start with the opening ceremony at 4 p.m. Uh, it will include a lap of hope, which was formerly known as the Survivor's uh-huh. Victory Lap. Right. Uh, we've actually changed the language uh, away from survivors uh, to be more inclusive. So we now call them participants of hope. Mm-hmm. It includes uh, cancer survivors, but also uh, also those who are living with cancer and living with metastatic cancer, as well as those who carry a genetic risk for the disease. Uh, so we'll have a lap of hope to celebrate all of the participants of hope in attendance. We'll have a participant of hope share their story on stage, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll continue with some activities and entertainment. I know that we have some fitness studios coming on site, uh, mm-hmm. dance performance, costumes for a cause, pets for cancer, yeah. uh, mountain air kettle corn. So trying to you know mm-hmm. have it lively in between the ceremonies. Uh, there will also be a fundraising award ceremony, so we have the opportunity to recognize and celebrate those top fundraising teams and participants in attendance. And then uh, towards the end, at dusk, we'll have a luminary ceremony, um, okay. my personal favorite part of the event, and then we'll wrap up with closing ceremony. I was I was hoping that they were going to be holding the luminaries because that was always one of the ones that I enjoyed. I used to work at the community newspaper, so I would cover Relay for Life, and mm-hmm. I always made a point of going out for the luminaries event not just to listen to the speeches and everything, but just to get the pictures because what they did here, because it was usually like 10, 10 p.m. or midnight, they they turned off all the lights in the uh, stadium. So the only lights were the luminaries. Yeah, it's quite beautiful, the luminary ceremony. So yes. we'll, we're hoping that it'll be dark by then uh, so that we can have those luminaries line and light up the track with inspirational messages of hope and the names of those who have died from cancer as well as those who are living with the disease or have survived cancer. Okay, now are there any other activities taking place while the relay is going on? Like, the special events are part of the relay. Do you know if there's anything else happening that people are doing in relation to the relay? Do you mean like in support of Relay for Life for fundraising or you yeah, 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 like, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, other events that people might be doing in support of Relay for Life. Yeah, I know that our teams have been very busy fundraising. Some of them have been hosting their own barbecues in support of Relay for Life. Uh, we actually just awarded two of our top team tents at the event. Huh? So uh, teams who raised $5,000 by June 1st. Uh, we're eligible to receive a team tent. So we have uh, Diller and Canfor, mm-hmm. who have both uh, been eligible to receive those. So we're excited to celebrate them on site. Um, but we try to share any local events and activities that are happening on our uh, um, the Relay for Life Prince George Facebook page. Okay. Uh, so we, we do try our best to, you know, as mm-hmm. we hear of them, to, to definitely promote them and share, show our support. Okay. So it starts... It's on Saturday, starts and ends when? Yeah, so Saturday, uh, June 11th from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. We have changed the venue this year. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned earlier, it'll be taking place at the Colac des Bois on Rainbow Drive. Right. And I believe the track there is sort of just in behind the school, if people aren't absolutely certain about that. But uh, it's easy enough to find. Just, just, (laughs) just, Just 
listen for the people having fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, there will be the parking lot right there, but mm-hmm. uh, there will also be overflow parking at Bruceland Elementary School. Too. Ah, okay. Sounds great. Um, so again, Rachel, what is the website for people to get any information, register anything for this weekend Relay for Life? Yes. So you can register and learn more by visiting relayforlife.ca forward slash Prince George. Okay. Rachel Zapp with the Canadian Cancer Society. Thanks very much for bringing us up to date on what's happening on Saturday at Relay for Life. Yes, thank you so much. I hope to see you. Well, I know we'll see you, but Mm -hmm. we hope to see uh, your listeners there on site as well. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks so much. Another, Another quick break and be back with the final portion of After Nine. The City of Prince George is seeking your input on the large and comprehensive megapark proposed for the corner of Aspica Boulevard and 22nd Avenue. The cost of design and purchase of play structures will be funded by the Prince George Community Foundation, Rotary Club of Prince George, and Collier's Project Leaders, while the City would provide the land and cover the costs of services. The survey for your input is available through the City's website at princegeorge.ca slash getinvolved. The survey is open through Wednesday. It's Ocean Week Canada, and OceanWise has 11 ways you can celebrate and take action. Ocean World Day is June 8th, but all week long is a celebration of events, learning, and engagement to bring positive action to our oceans. Plastics, seaforestation, whales, youth, education, and seafood, a full host of topics are ready for your participation. Full details on the events and programs are available at oceanweekcan.ca. Ocean Week Canada, through June 12th from coast to coast. Coast to coast. Theatre Northwest is proud to present A Midsummer Night's Dream, Thursday through Sunday at the winery. One of Shakespeare's most popular plays, this version is set in 1950s Athens, Georgia. As directed by Melissa Glover with an all-local cast, there are five performances to choose from, three evening shows and two matinees. A Midsummer Night's Dream from Theatre Northwest, Thursday through Sunday at the Northern Lights Orchard View Amphitheatre. Tickets available at theaternorthwest.com. The inaugural Jazz Music Awards is now accepting submissions for the Global Awards Show through Wednesday, June 15th. A not-for-profit subsidiary of WCLK Jazz 91.9, the awards ceremony will be held on Saturday, October 22nd. Nominees and winners will be chosen by a specially selected craft committee with expertise in the field. Full details and updates on the Jazz Music Awards are available through jazzmusicawards.com. The submission deadline for the inaugural Jazz Music Awards is Wednesday, June 15th. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, something that's obviously not going to be happening right away, sort of like when I suggested to Tracy Calageros with the exploration place that they were going to be opening tomorrow and she threatened to come across the table at me. Yes, she wanted to. Yes. Um, There is a proposal for a mega park at the corner of... 22nd on Ospica. And they got the proposal out. They have released the design of what they think it would look like. And they're looking for feedback from residents on what they think should be included. Now, that survey wraps up, actually, on Thursday. Okay, they're talking about the gravel space in front. It's a six-acre... They're building a six-acre park. It would include... if I Okay, I... Because this is just the thing from the city about their uh, about their uh, survey, actually. 
Um, I believe they are. They want to include something like a, a BMX or like a skateboard mm-hmm. um, track that would be suitable for competitions. They want to have an exercise area that is good for like. I think like infant to five-year-olds, another one that's good for six to 12-year-olds, another area that's good for seniors. Like these would be all different exercise facilities. And um, I think they're looking at a couple of other things as well, but I can't remember them right off the top of my head. And as I say, they're looking at the corner of 22nd and Ospica. And if you drive by there, it's not too hard to tell which corner they're thinking because there's only one corner that has got trees on it right now. So that's obviously the corner they're looking at. And the one thing I was wondering about is they keep saying the corner of 22nd on Speaker. Well, well that's not a six-acre piece. Oh, that's a lot more than six acres. Yeah. Yeah. But what I keep thinking is, okay, you're not going to be using up the whole area anyways. Why not move it up a Speaker a little bit and basically butt onto where CN Center already is and that parking lot? Because then you don't have to worry about building parking for this facility if you put it right at the corner of Sixth of uh, Speaker and Twenty Second, mm-hmm. and you, if anything, you encompass even more of the idea of CN Center and the exhibition grounds being a recreation site, not just CN Center and a bunch of parking lots. But see, there's not much of a buffer zone between the housing there either. No. No, so that's, I was just kind of wondering if anybody had thought about that, as I say, moving it. But again, when they say the corner of 22nd on Speaker, they might be just referring to that whole big lot that mm-hmm. isn't developed yet, in which case they might be looking at putting it back in the far corner, if you will, of the lot and getting it away from the streets. I don't know. Hmm. But... uh no, but again, as I say, so that survey, um, princegeorge.ca slash get involved to give feedback. I don't know if they've got the um, the map of the proposal that the groups have put together. It's something that's been put together, um, consortium of community groups, including um, Prince George Community Foundation, Rotary Club of Prince George, and Collier's Project Leaders. Mm-hmm. are the main groups involved in putting this together. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all comes together in the next little while. So that is the deadline for that, as I say, is June the 9th, which is Thursday. Right away. Coming up pretty yeah. quick. And then just a couple of weeks after that, Canada Day in the Park is back. Is back. Yes. Clayton Memorial Park, the first time in three years, basically. Like, I do seem to recall last year, I think they had, like, you know, a few sort of very scattered groups down there. But with COVID, they couldn't really do a whole heck of a lot. Multicultural Heritage Society putting on, this will be the 49th year. So to bring back the big cake? One would hope so. That would be, they don't say anything in their press release. (laughs) Uh, they uh, they are saying that they will have entertainment. There will be a kids zone. There will be da, 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 the food pavilion. Oh, you bet! Lots of vendors. Yes, lots of vendors, and of course, most of them are the um, ethnic food. I guess well, you yeah, could call you get, it. Yeah, you get top of the line, oh. and every 
yeah ethnic food it's gonna be yeah. awesome yeah i know um used to go down there with mom and dad some years ago and you got to try everything no yeah you got to no, try everything no you could not convince dad of that he had his favorites and sometimes he like you know if we were taking the slow walk along he might see something that kind of interested him mm-hmm. and when we went and we sat down again and he sort of placed his order he would say, can you get me a small like sandwich or something from that one place just so I can try it and see if I like it? But then he would say, but get me this for sure and this for sure. And it was funny how many of them involved chocolate. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, anytime that we celebrate, because we celebrate um, sort of the anniversary of his passing, and we have a cake. And it is a chocolate cake with chocolate icing and chocolate in the in between the layers. Ugh. And the people at the place where we go to get the cake every year, they recognize us and they know exactly what kind of cake we're looking for. <laughs> but hey, you you, know, you you can't really go wrong with chocolate. Well, there's a limit. Yeah. <clears throat> Name it. Okay, well. <laughs> so you're a fanatic then. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I'm a fanatic, but it is just not. And the thing is, it's another way to remember Dad. Because he loved chocolate. The other way that I remember Dad is if I'm watching hockey and I hear somebody yelling at the ref because Dad was a ref for a lot of years. So I got used to being at games where he was refing and hearing people yell at the ref. So it, it kind of brings back memories that way as well. We're always yelling at the refs. I know. Funny thing is, I don't usually see the guy who's yelling at the ref out wearing the stripes the next year. <laughs> Anyways, that will do it for today's show. Uh, Kylie Lewis Holt, as usual, on Wednesdays in After 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.